before we get into today's episode, which is another Lexio, we've been enjoying them. Hopefully, y'all been enjoying them. If not, turn you, the channel, I guess. You've been hanging out with Taylor Schroll too much. You definitely just said y'all. Me? You said y'all. And you're from Iowa, not Texas. I just wanted to point that you out. You know what? But I'm we have a lot of listeners. Do what I in, want. <laughs> we have a lot of listeners in Texas, and I'm pretty sure Texas, from my understanding, is the Holy Land. Welcome, Texas listeners. From are you being serious? <laughs> from your understanding, of Texas is the Holy Land. <laughs> are you That's being right. serious? <laughs> Everyone that lives in Texas loves it so much. I mean, I'll take it. I guess over yeah. Iowa, negative thirty-eight feels True. like. True. If I could live in Texas in the winter, yeah. And live in Iowa in the summer. Sure. Okay, so that's not what we're going to talk about. <laughs> we have we do want to talk about uh, something, give you guys some exciting news before we get into today's Lexio. Um, and we're excited to do this Lexio. We actually were praying this particular prayer for Novena. And it just really was kind of striking and also came at a really good time. So we were like, let's do this as an episode. It'd be really beautiful. I think the truths in it are also going to hopefully hit people's hearts as well. But before we do that, um, we actually want to share something exciting. We've shared it on a couple of our other podcasts, uh, I See a Movement podcast and our My Lord and My God podcast. But we would like to share it with all of our Draw Near listeners, putting out a new episode. Fred, what's our exciting news? Uh, we are doing something this summer, uh, yes. something we've been wanting to do for quite some time. You've heard us talk about our young adult apprenticeship ministry program that we we created. Yeah. Um, if you've listened to ICU Movement, you've heard the whole thing. It's That's the name of the episode of Drawn Ears called yes. ICU Movement. Yep. And we are incredibly grateful that a parish in our area has partnered with us to help make this a possibility. And uh, it will be a thing this summer. Yep. But what is that thing, Kara? Do you want to share just briefly? What Project uh, Timothy is? Yeah. So Project Timothy is a young adult mentorship program. We don't call it an internship. It's really more of um, an accompaniment. Mm -hmm. It really is. Like we invite people into our lives. We want to walk with them in their lives. That's where the name Project Timothy comes mm -hmm. from. It's how Paul mentored Timothy to raise him up to, you know, go out and preach on his own and do ministry on his own. So um, we are looking for young adults who... Um, our ideal is like in their college years, but even if you've mm. graduated college and you're really trying to discern, you know, secular job versus ministry job, it's not something that you have to come in and be like, I, I want to join the seminary. I want to do religious life. I want to work for the church no matter what. I want to be a DRE. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah. something that like you can come in and, and discern, is this something I find joy in and want to do the rest of my life? Right. Um, but also in the midst of that, really at the heart of it is the interior life. Mm -hmm. um, and we're just trying to help people, you know, grow in their relationship with the Lord and from there discover how he has gifted them and wants to use them. Yeah. So. And we do all that in community. Really, if, if you're someone who has prayed with and, and are trying to discern currently in your life, I want to serve the church, but I don't know how. Mm -hmm. I want to give my life to the Lord and I want to follow him but I don't know how he's created me to do that. Or you're wrestling with seeing yourself as God sees you. Like all of those things fall into what we seek to accomplish in Project Timothy. And based on the fruit that we've had over the few years that we did it uh, previously, like it bears fruit and it works. And I promise you by grace, the Holy Spirit at work in and through that process, the same process that St. Paul used we see played out in scripture the way he handed on the faith and invested in others, especially mm -hmm. those younger than him, helped raise them up. 
It works. Yeah. So we are looking for young adults to apply. So if you are listening and you are a young adult or if you are listening and you you know have kids who are young adults or you know of young adults, please spread the word. I know there are a lot of Catholic opportunities for lay mission work, lay apostolate work out there. A lot of places do things like totus tuus. This actually grew out of like we realized so much of the fruit was with young people. And so this is like mm-hmm. something that has kind of grown from from doing something like that. But it's really focused on the interior life of the young adult. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something that you were discerning, maybe start discerning Project Timothy. <laughs> right. And maybe yeah. the Lord is leading you there instead. Um, so, yeah, we would really encourage you to reach out. Even if you just have questions, you're not locking yourself in by asking questions because mm-hmm. um, we do have an application process and everything as well. But if you have any questions about Project Timothy and what it is, feel free to email us, drawnear.me at gmail.com, and we would be happy to um, respond, email you back, obviously. We'd be happy to respond, um, or we could even set up like a phone call or something. So. And it's easy enough even just to go to the website, drawnear.me, linked in the show notes, and hit that contact button. Yeah. Um, with that, so we are running this program this summer, and like Fred said, we've been um, very fortunate to partner with a local parish who wants to support this effort, who has offered up all of their facilities very, very mm-hmm. graciously, um, but we are doing fundraising. So in this partnership with the parish, they are a 501c3, and so any donations would be tax deductible, which right now we don't have the benefit of offering um, our patrons who support Draw Near, but if you wanted to support Project Timothy, um, then all donations would be able to go to the parish who mm-hmm. has partnered with us and you would be able to get tax, dedu- tax deductible donations. So um, we are trying to raise $27,000 mm-hmm. before the start of June. And I'm throwing out the full budget here because I feel like sometimes I'm guilty of this. Sometimes people ask, you know, for support or for donations and maybe you feel that like pull in your heart, but you're like, oh, it's fine. Someone else will give. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, hopefully someone else will give, but we need $27,000. <laughs> so we also need you to give. <laughs> um, so that's kind of where we're at. So if you are, are at all feeling a pull um, to help support this young adult ministry, please email us. We can give you all of the information of the parish because um, you would then send any donations to the parish and just obviously mark what mm-hmm. it's for. Um, but feel free to email us again, drawnear.me at gmail.com or the contact page on our website, mm. and we can get everything sorted out. I think what's beautiful about this too, Kara, is we're serving at a, a local parish community that is greatly in need, yeah. perhaps even more in need than most parishes. Yeah. And and to be able to provide an opportunity to, for young people to grow in their own faith in, interiorly, their confidence in serving the Lord, understand how the Lord's gifted them build a community but more than that actually serve in the trenches so to speak of where the real needs are at this local parish that was founded by a saint which is also like beautiful this is a parish that saint catherine drexel uh, one of her the communities she founded and it's just so beautiful and we're so excited about it so we'll have more concrete more clear information coming soon well and that is what project timothy is like yes we want to invest in the the whole person of you know those who we're walking with and those who have applied and been hired but also at the service of god like we want to give them very practical mm-hmm. experience of bringing the faith to other people and right. so yeah this is this community has so many opportunities for many, many gifts to be brought in and to be used for the service of God. And it's, yeah, I'm excited. We're grateful that recently, I can't remember if we talked about this on this podcast or not, but Franciscan University of Steubenville 
brought us in for a workshop on young adult ministry mm-hmm. and had us, we, we were the ministry they chose, uh, the apostolate from the United States yeah. on this conference call and sharing the vision for Project Timothy. And yeah. it was very humbling, but also what a great honor. It uh, was. Yeah. It was an honor. And I thought it was really beautiful to hear from the other two apostolates who are also doing very similar work. Right. And it was as we were all sharing the things that the Lord had placed on our heart to begin, it was like, wow, he's really doing something. And this is something that's needed for our time. Mm, I see a movement. Yeah. 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 So we'll link that episode in the show notes too. If you want to listen to the IC <laughs> yeah. movement, get like the full Project Timothy vision. But yes, if you are interested in applying, know someone to apply, or would like to help chisel away at that $27,000, um, feel free to email us, drawnear.me at gmail.com. So that's our exciting news. Um, and we'll go ahead and get into today's topic. So we are going to do Alexio. Um, I've been really enjoying these. Hopefully, they help feed you guys in your spiritual lives, just kind of as we talk about the things that stand out to us. But um, we want to do Alexio of the prayer. It's called the Litany of Trust. And it was written by the Sisters of Life. It's um, on their website, too, if you wanted to ever find it or if you wanted to print it out. But it's a very beautiful prayer. And I feel like so many of the um, the prayer intentions found in it are like everything that so many people struggle with today. So we wanted to read it. And then just as a normal Lexio would, um, what stood out to us. And then we'll talk about kind of why those things stood out to us and maybe even talk about like how this prayer has kind of helped in our, our own lives and our own into your life. From the belief that I have to earn your love. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable. Deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute. Deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises. Deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you. Deliver me, Jesus. From refusals and reluctances in accepting your will. Deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future. Deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past. Deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment. Deliver me, Jesus. From disbelief in your love and presence. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have. Deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth. Deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands. Deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement. Deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, and loving me. Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than my sins and failings and transforms me. Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering. Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering united to your own will bear fruit in this life and the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan. That you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. Amen. So that's the litany of trust, and it's beautiful. Absolutely. (laughs) So what in that prayer stood out to you, Brad? 
Uh, what didn't stand I out feel to the you? same way. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. Well, those words, Jesus, I trust in you, always stand out to me. And part of the reason is um, this one of our listeners, actually a good friend of both of ours, but uh, known for many years, he'll know who I'm talking about when he hears the story. So he very early uh, when I moved to Iowa and first met him, he had told me the story about going to confession. And the penance he got was to go to the Divine Mercy image, look Jesus in the eye, see those words, Jesus, I trust in you, and then look Jesus in the eye and say, no, I don't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he talked about like how profound of an experience that was. Yeah. And to this day, ever since he told me that, I find myself doing that too. Mm -hmm. Like There are moments in my life where you know, I, I remember in our previous job where we worked together, that divine mercy image was in the back of the chapel. Yeah. And there were many days spent in that chapel going to pray because it was all all I could do. I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm going to go pray. And then being faced with, you know, you turn around, you turn to walk out the door to go back to your work. And what do you see? Jesus, I trust in you. And mm -hmm. there was that moment of, in the words of the prophet Ice Cube, Kara, having to check myself before I wreck myself, you mm -hmm. know, really, really looking at, do I? Mm -hmm. Almost like looking in a mirror, do I really believe what it is I'm professing? Mm -hmm. Jesus, I trust in you. And so that stands out to me every time. I can't say those words, Jesus, I trust in you, without asking myself, but do I? Mm -hmm. Do I really? Yeah. Um, does that make sense? It does make sense. I think it even like goes to the deliver me, Jesus, which is the first half of the prayer. It's like he can't deliver you if you don't trust in him that he can deliver you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the thing that stands out to me is uh, the line where it says that you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, mm, I trust in you yeah. is the response where it's just like you ca you literally can't trust him without his grace of teaching you mm. how to trust him. But what I have found in God's teaching methods is it's not like, you know, a lecture sermon style. It's learned by experience, like learned mm. by being, you know, thrown into the fire and see what happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, theoretically, obviously, I don't want to go into the fire. Mm. <laughs> um, mm. How do you trust in him? Well, in the moments where he makes you realize you're not trusting in him. Mm. And then you want to trust in him, obviously. And right. So you kind of grow from there. Mm. And so I, I thought that was really beautiful. The first time I, I read this prayer, I was like, I had to pause on that line that you teach me to trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. So it's not just like flat words that you say, but it's something that he speaks life into. I think the other things, uh, the two lines that stood out to me right at the beginning, and it's um, from the belief that I have to earn your love deliver me Jesus. And then the next one is from the fear that I am unlovable. Deliver me Jesus. Mm. I think those really stood out to me, especially when I first started praying this, because there is just a lot that like God is doing in my heart and trying to heal. Um, and those two things really stood out. And when I, when I read those, I was like, oh man, this is going to be a rough novena <laughs> because I knew he was mm. going to like drag so many things out of me, Right. <laughs> but it was very good. I think those are the two things, three things I suppose that stood out to me. As you were talking about being thrown in the fiery furnace is what came to mind. You said being thrown in the fire and learning to trust God in the fire. And mm -hmm. It's hard for me not to think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego with that. Because okay. like, and that's from Daniel 3, for those of you that aren't familiar. And they don't burn up. Yeah, basically it's Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar has made the statue. He wants everybody to worship him as a god in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. 
uh, refuse, and he threatens to throw them into the fire as a result. And um, Scripture says, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of your hand, O king. But if not, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your gods and worship the golden image you have set up. That's trust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that's trust formed by the fire. They're like, my God will deliver me even if he doesn't. Yeah. I still won't do the thing that I'm not supposed to do, that I shouldn't do because I trust in him. Yeah. Like, that's the kind of... But it's like they're even if I shouldn't was an afterthought because they're like, he will deliver me. Right. <laughs> like, There's a confidence. Yeah. And he does. It's the fourth man in the fire. Is It's the Lord saving them ultimately. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the hardest thing about trust is sometimes it is only forged in the fiery furnace, yeah. in the trials. It's only in the trials that we learn to tr- truly trust him. It's easy to trust him when everything is going well. Yeah, It's easy to trust him when there's no opposition, when all things are uh, going smoothly, um, when we seem to have it all together. It's so much harder when there seems to be nothing but struggle around us and opposition and things aren't going the way we want them to to trust that the Lord has a plan and all that. It's difficult. I feel like that actually even like one of the lines that says um, from the fear of what love demands. And then it keeps going like that from the fear that what you call me to is going to leave me more destitute or that trusting in you is going to leave me more destitute. It's kind of the same. It's like, okay, he brings us to that place where you have no other choice but to trust him in Mm -hmm. order to teach us how to trust him right and sometimes it does maybe even just for a moment leave you destitute right but it's not to bring about this fear of what he's calling uh, Mm -hmm. you to or what he's going to ask of you of what love demands of you it's to show you that no he's going to provide in those moments right and i think like i've i've definitely experienced that where he's just like slowly chiseling away everything else mm-hmm. where he brings you to that place like you have nothing else but me right you need to trust in me and your family is going to trust in me mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where where we're at so this litany of trust i think is like just really fitting for the time right i think that goes with the line from the false security that i have what it takes yeah. deliver me jesus so oftentimes we we for, we fail to remember that our own natural abilities, which by and large are how we earn our living, the source of our provision, that is ultimately God who's provided that. And so we earn a comfortable living. It can be so easy to forget that we're actually dependent upon God and we need to trust in him. And we can we can get this false sense of pride and false sense of security in, in that. Yeah. Like my identity is bound up in the job I have, the salary I earn, rather than my identity being bound up in my trust in Jesus to provide, to be my supply, to be ultimately my source. Yeah, that kind of goes with the uh, very first one, from the belief that I have to earn your love. Sometimes I feel like when we overly rely on ourselves as opposed to completely trusting in God, um, even if you do have natural talents, even if you do have like resources that provide for yourself and your family, like the question comes back, I guess, to the scripture passage is what's coming to mind of of the rich man. Like, where do we put our faith? Is is it in those material things? Is it in those natural gifts or 
what if God took it all away tomorrow? Would you be okay? Would your faith be okay? Would you still trust in God? And just like in in the passage of the rich young man, you know, he comes and he's like, what do I have to do to inherit eternal life? And he says, you know, follow these commandments and these commandments. He's like, I do all that. He's like, okay, go sell all your things and follow me, but he can't do it. Why? Because he has so many things. He's trusted in these things. These things have provided for him and he's attached to the material world. But I think that kind of speaks to a lot of where we're at right now. We have we live in a very, very material world where we place our trust in ourselves a lot. Our looks, uh, like just being very materialistic and mm. our job and our salary and what we make and all this stuff that we rely so much on ourselves and we stop trusting in God. And we can say, like I'm, I'm doing like just an examination of conscience right now on air. We can say we trust in God, but then you have to ask yourself the question, do I? And maybe mm-hmm. take it to the extremes of what would happen. What if I lost everything tomorrow? Right. Do I trust in him? Right. Yeah. Uh, being an election year. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying to offend anybody with this. I'm just trying to be honest and look at it through the lens of faith and what we find in this prayer. Like there's some lines in here from anxiety about the future. Deliver me, Jesus from resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past. Deliver me, Jesus. We scroll down a little bit more that not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you. Jesus, I trust in you. I think what I'm what, what oftentimes lately, especially lately, and even more as the caucuses and primaries and all this are starting, I just, it, it seems like so many people are looking for a political Messiah again, just like, just like when Jesus came, will you restore the kingdom now? They, they were wanting a political Messiah, one that will rise up and overthrow Rome and put things right, an authoritarian figure. And that wasn't Jesus. That's not how this works. Can we have a trust in Jesus that goes beyond the letter at the front of our name on our voter registration or the letter in front of a, a person's name who's running for political office? Or are we placing our trust in political messiahs, no matter what your party is? I'm not singling out. Mm-hmm. There's no intention of referring to any candidate or any platform or anything like this in what I'm saying. I see it in all the rhetoric. Does that make sense, Kara? It makes sense. I feel like I feel like you're not even going far enough with it. Like Mm. what happens if the entire world is in turmoil? Like not just your political party and the state of the United States. What happens when everything is falling around us? Mm -hmm. I feel like sometimes the lack of trust in God is shown in our lack of resilience as a as a humankind. Mm -hmm. Like we've kind of grown yeah, we've just grown less resilient right. to what's going on around us. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a, we need a political messiah. If everything physically is going wrong, we have a savior of our heart and our right. soul. Can mm-hmm. we trust in that? Yeah. Can we still remain at peace right. in our soul? Scripture says, to whom much is given, much is required. If we're faithful with a little, God rewards us with more. It seems to me that trust is that same way. If we can't learn to trust the Lord with little things daily, how will we learn to trust him in those big things, those things that send us from one extreme to the other? Uh, I think it's James. He talks about a dual-minded man and and the problem that that creates. I'll link that in the show notes because I wasn't planning on saying that. That 
that does not work. But if we if we grow in our trust, we put our faith in the Lord, we recognize what St. Paul says in Romans 8, 28. We know that in everything God works for good with those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. Mm-hmm. Now, everything could be falling apart around us. The candidate you want might not win. And yet, in all of these things, the Lord is still at work to make our souls great. Mm-hmm. His will is still being done. Can you trust him in that? And can you be at peace in that? If you can't learn to trust him in just the daily little things, and maybe it starts with like daily denying yourself, daily dying to yourself. That mm-hmm. first thing you want to fuss about <laughs> during it, you know, as you start your day, whatever it is, that thing that tempts you in the smallest way to not trust him. Mm-hmm. Like the moment that rises up, cast it down. Yeah. Jesus, I trust in you. Yeah. Like learning to be faithful in your trust for him in those little things so that when those big things happen. I think we just assume we're going to be able to do the big things. Right. Like it doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't work that way. I know whenever I would read about like saints' lives who died as martyrs, I was like, I think I'd be able to do that. I think I'd be able to be a martyr. Right. And then I, I genuinely like had to challenge my heart and be like, would I? Because that's right. a pretty big moment. Right. And if you're not doing that, dying to yourself, I suppose, if you're yeah. not trusting in God every single day in the little moments, how can when that big moment comes, how can we do that? I think that's one of the keys to tr- learning to truly trust in the Lord in this way yeah. is daily making it a goal yeah. to die to yourself, even if it's just in some little way. Oh, I remember when I actually, now that like I'm saying all this, I remember when my heart was challenged with this question because I was like, oh yeah, I could totally do that. It was when God was asking us to step out of the boat and mm-hmm. to start this ministry and we were praying about it and we were sitting at Blessed Sacrament Church. Mm-hmm. And oh, right. do you remember yes, that? I remember this. Yep. And I was like, I think God wants me to sing Salve Regina. Mm-hmm. And like, he, like, I don't know why. I just, that's what yep. I felt. And there was somebody in the back of the church who was mm-hmm. also there and like nobody else was there, but there were workers upstairs. And so mm-hmm. I was like, I, it's fine. I'm not going to do it. And then that's what he said to me. He's like, if you can't do this small thing, how can you do right. the big thing? Right. And so I knelt down and I sang Salve Regina. Yeah. But that's really like we can make the assumptions that we trust in God. But when it comes down to it, even the small things like the, that, that's so easy to brush off and be like, oh, no, why would God ask right. me to do that? He's not asking me to do that. Right. It's like if you feel that, if you feel that prompting, follow it and see what happens. Yeah. Too often, like for the apostles, I think sometimes we were tempted to think, how could they do that? They knew who Jesus was. I would never be so foolish. Yeah, you would. You do it every day. Yeah, you know, we all do. We all do. If we're too afraid to say the name of Jesus in public in front of non-Catholics, for example, or, or people who don't believe anything, mm-hmm. if we're too afraid to make the sign of the cross and to pray over our meals in public at a restaurant in front of other people, which I know a lot of Catholics are, mm-hmm. what makes us think we'd be have the kind of faith and trust that would make us be willing to have that kind of faith that like St. Ignatius of Antioch on his way to martyrdom, he's going to be chewed to death by lions. He says, let lions gnaw me. Basically he says, I, my flesh is the bread of God. It's the wheat to be ground. Yeah. Um, wow. Then he says, now I begin to be a disciple. That's trust. But how did St. Ignatius get there? Those little moments of trust daily that got him to that place where he could say that. What are moments in your life where God has challenged you, like if you're trusting him or not? How long is this episode? (laughs) (laughs) Are we talking about today or this week? Yeah, whatever. 
I mean, a small moment or a big moment. There's a lot of moments that come to mind, Kara. I think in some ways this seems to be a theme for my life in some ways where I keep coming back to like the words of Padre Pio, like, why worry? It's a waste of time to worry. And yet I often do. And it's like, it's so easy to forget how faithful the Lord is. We go through struggles, we go through hardships, but yet the Lord delivers us from them all. Mm -hmm. And, but when hard things come, arrive again, we forget the deliverance. I think it's why it's important to look back and remember to grow that trust. Uh, I think moments that come to mind um, for me, part of the, and I've shared this testimony on Draw Near before, but was becoming Catholic. That was hard for me yeah. uh, because it required a career suicide of sorts, which was scary for me because mm-hmm. I was married and I had two small children. And if you want to hear that episode, it's in our Why Are You Catholic episode. But um, I also think uh, certainly it's hard not to think about our recent uh, change, which we've talked about on the episode of leaving a steady income full full-time job to do this work we're doing now. That was scary. And what I haven't shared with listeners is that we got so much to the point where it was, I remember going to do an event with $0 in our bank account. Mm-hmm. And the like, what was the provision? It was that event that I was doing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and without it, we had nothing. Yeah. And we've had those moments of coming close. And, you know, we went into December of this past year and I think that's probably about as low as I've ever been in my entire life mm-hmm. with require like having to trust in order to get up in the morning. Yeah. What it required of me was humility, mm-hmm. having to say, I need help. I, I think part of this trust too is being vulnerable mm-hmm. and not being so prideful that we're afraid to share when we need help. Yeah. Because then we look like we don't have it together. Then we look like a failure. Then it looks like God's a failure. All these things that From play. The belief that you have to earn yes, your love. <laughs> all these things that play through in our mind. And what happened was, like, when that was shared, when I was honest, suddenly it was like the floodgates of the Lord's provision yeah. opened. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to see how much the Lord loves me through others. And it was just incredible to see that and to be affirmed in that way because sometimes you go to bed at night and you think I'm crazy Mm -hmm. (laughs) like what am I doing what if all this isn't real Mm -hmm. what if I'm making a mistake what if what if I'm leading others astray all these thoughts that can come and that moment of just do being faithful and obedient even if it's going to be humiliating Mm -hmm. and resting in your pride because ultimately what's at the heart of Jesus I trust in you Humility. Humility. Yeah. Not just humility of asking for provision. Humility and like being okay if you're humiliated. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I I will love you just the same. And and recognizing that your identity is in not not in what it looks like and how together you have things Mm -hmm. or supposedly do, but rather your identity is in that trust in Christ. I feel like that's when we were saying like, you know, teach us how to trust in you, Jesus. I trust in you. And he does that through sometimes the fire. Like that's a good witness to that. Mm -hmm. He brings us to a place where like, there's no other choice but to trust in you. Right. Yeah. I hear that a lot. I think I've actually like heard that from a lot of people who have kind of stepped out and done something that seems absolutely crazy that on the brink of the the goodness or the promise right. is like complete loss and right. just like a really difficult 
suffering right. in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really what God is trying to bring forth is like on the other side, what comes after the crucifixion, it comes right. resurrection. There's something more beautiful on the other side. Yeah. I have to ask you the same question, Kara. Moments in your life where this trusting in the Lord has been put to the test. I think also probably a lot. Yeah. Just a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of moments. Um, I would say kind of similar to you, like this, this stepping out wasn't necessarily a matter of like fear or mm-hmm. a lack of trust. I knew that like, I know what, what he wants is going to come about. Mm-hmm. It's the process of it. Right. That like the day to day little day-to-day, steps. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or when you get to a place where you're like, where is the provision? Like, where is this? And there's like frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, then you feel it wavering, but it's like, I have, I have full trust in the big picture. If it comes in 10 years, like I trust, I trust it. If it comes in 20 years, I trust it. Right. But it's like, the the path to get there can be really hard. Yeah. Um, but I do think that he's doing a lot of like, um, I'm just calling it pruning because that feels that feels like the easiest word to put to what he's been doing to me because it's really like chiseling and like whipping and like very gruesome <laughs> and like hard. But I'm going to say pruning. Um, just kind of recently like bringing up things that I think I needed to work through and what what I think he's bringing me to a place of, which this I'm just sharing the things that are happening now, although there have been mo- many moments like in the past. Um, I think what he's showing me is that like there are areas of my heart that don't trust him. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just comes from like past things that have happened in my life that he's also healing. But like through working in those, he's showing me like, yet I see the way that you have loved me like this is him talking to me. Mm-hmm. I see the way mm-hmm. that you have loved me. I see the way that you trust me, but you don't all the way and you don't trust me all the way. And like, he's showing mm-hmm. me kind of how I also haven't and like right. where that wall has been. So I feel like that's been really helpful and really beautiful because he needs to kind of like knock all of those down in order to get to the yeses of mm-hmm. the, every single day. Does that right. make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. And you're right. It's the day to day. That's the hardest to trust. Yeah. I think hope is a big part of that because we have this sense of hope as, well, I hope that happens someday. Right. But that's like, that's like a quaint wish. That's not true hope. Yeah. True hope is Abraham on his way up the mountain with Isaac, prepared to sacrifice him. Yeah. I and the lad will return to you. Yeah. He knew. He knew. Or just like like in the fire, we we will be delivered. (laughs) He's on his way up to sacrifice his son, and he believed his son was going to be coming back down with him. Mm -hmm. That's hope. That's hope in the trial. That's hope. That is hope that builds trust in the day-to-day. As you were talking, one of the things that really stood out to me, and I think it was more of a, a passing thought in what you were saying, but the idea that I am who I am now because of everything that happened before. Right. And so... Trust, too, is also forgiveness. Like, that's in this uh, litany. It is forgiving. It is moving on. It is forgetting what lies behind, Mm -hmm. insofar as you have to forget things, and looking forward, pressing on to the goal. It's God working in all things for your good. I think trust, too, is knowing that I'm not the sum of my weakness and failures. I'm the sum of the father's love for me. Yeah. And I know recently I've had reconciliations and healing in my in my life with different family things and it's it's kind of the same idea that had anything happened any differently, 
I might not be the person I am today. Mm-hmm. I might not be where I am today. You might not be hearing my voice right now. Kara, we wouldn't be sitting here together, right. you know. And so all these things work together. There's a trust in that, that despite whatever's happened in your life, despite whatever hard things, despite whatever bad things, despite the suffering you were endured, God was there with you in it. And he loves you. And he was holding your hand, strengthening you. And God had something in that to help someone else. Yeah. We're wounded healers. And so sometimes the things we experience in our lives are so that we can be a healer for others, so we can bring redemption to others. Just like Christ, he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. I think that that is the kind of trust that you have to grow in as well. Yeah, I, I, when you were saying forgiveness, what came to mind is like, yeah, in order to trust God, you have to forgive yourself, I right. feel like, mm-hmm. always comes first. Right. Because we could say, you know, I trust God because I look back and I wouldn't be who I am today. But what if who you are today is like a mess? Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, and, and that's, I'm not condemning by any no, means. That's right. Like that's yeah. just the reality. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but we are who we are because of, because of the past, where we've come from. And so also to forgive yourself, like sometimes right. the decisions that we choose to make veering off of the path of God and what he has called of us lead us to something that we're not necessarily proud of. And we have to be okay forgiving ourselves. And that really is like the second thing it says, from fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. So often I think sometimes we ourselves like put up walls so that God can't love us because we don't love ourselves Mm -hmm. or God can't forgive us because we don't forgive ourselves. So I think also the path forward in trusting God is, yeah, forgiving God, forgiving other people, but especially forgiving yourself and moving forward. Yeah, that letting him love you is the key. It's interesting because, in this, from discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. Then that's when it makes this jump to Jesus, I trust in you. And what are the words that happen here? That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, and loving me. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I trust in you. So oftentimes, in many ways, I think God is just trying to give us a big, big dad loves you hug. hug yeah. And we're pushing him away. Mm-hmm because we're mad, mm-hmm. we're upset with him, or we think, like the prodigal son, we're unworthy. Mm-hmm. But God loves you. Yeah. Really, like we hear that so much, it's almost become, to many of us, meaningless. God loves you, has a wonderful plan for your life. Yes, he does. Mm-hmm. And maybe we need to spend more time thinking about it and reflecting on what that means for our life so that we can trust in him. Yeah. And what actual love looks like. What does it look like? Yeah. Because it looks very human and distorted and not Ugly. perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we view it in the world's view, but to God, it's like just completely selfless, whole. Giving everything. Yeah. I think as we were talking about trust too, like the thing that, the thing I associate trust with is just like a peace and like mm-hmm. a peace in my soul and my heart and like just not, yeah, be, be anxious about nothing. Tomorrow will take care of itself in my, the gospel of Matthew. Um, but in one of our other uh, podcasts, we talked about it's in interior freedom, the the difference between choosing and consenting. And I actually think that's really beautiful, like trusting in what God has to give you, not our need to control it and choose what we want. So even mm-hmm. as I was thinking of like, yeah, I trust in like what he has called me to in like 10 years and 20 years, but it's the day to day stuff. It's like, wait, but what if in 10 and 20 years, like it's something completely different from what I think it is today? Is that okay? Do I still trust him? Mm -hmm. And it's like, am I okay letting go of the need to control and to choose how it ends up and Mm -hmm. just completely have a peace 
in consenting and letting what God desires to give in his great gifts, letting them come and receiving, even if his great gifts are suffering. Yeah. And even if his great gifts are really difficult and fire where we feel like there's nothing else. Am I okay? And is there, is there Mm -hmm. still that peace? Yeah. St. Paul, when Ananias preaches the gospel to him, he has his conversion. One of the things we read there is the Lord shows him how much he will have to suffer. Yeah. Thanks for coming back into the kingdom, Paul. Thanks for believing in me. Thanks for your conversion. I've got this great mission for you. Here's how much you're going to suffer. Yeah. Jesus, I trust in you. I feel like that's the case with Jesus, though. Like, sometimes we think if we're on his path, it's all going to be sunshine and rainbows. Like, he says the the easy way is the mm. way to destruction. <laughs> right. And narrow and difficult is the right. way that leads to eternal life. And I was just recently reflecting on the the passage of Jesus asleep in the boat. And mm. right before right before that, he calls his disciples and they're like, can I go bury my father? And he's like, no, let the dead bury the dead. You come and follow me. Like such a simple and genuine and honest request to go and bury one's father. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, come follow me. And they go and they follow him. And what happens? They go into the boat. It's storming all around him and Jesus is asleep. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's so often is like we've been asked to come and do something and we've shown our trust. But when you show your trust, you're rewarded with a greater opportunity to trust. <laughs> right. And because it just something like you just fall into a, a, a harder time. That's not, that doesn't mean Mm -hmm. you were wrong. That doesn't mean you're off the path. It means God wants more from you. He wants you to keep giving him your heart. Mm. Amen. As you're saying that, two scriptures immediately jump out to me. It's Philippians 4, 11 through 13. Our listeners know Philippians is my favorite book, favorite (laughs) passage of scripture. The whole book. book. Uh, Philippians 4, 11, Paul says, he's kind of reflecting on that suffering he's endured. And he said, not that I complain of want, for I have learned in whatever state I am in to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. And in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's trust. Mm-hmm. That is trust. I'm also thinking of James 1, 4, reflecting on the difficulties and trials that we face and what they work in us, purifying our faith. He says, and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm -hmm. So in face of the uh, circumstances that are making it hard to trust in the Lord, Jesus, I trust in you. I choose to trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And that perfects our faith. It makes us stronger. Mm -hmm. If I could, Kara, get a little personal as we round out this episode. The last line of the litany of trust, that I am your beloved one. Mm -hmm. Jesus, I trust in you. Would you be willing to reflect on that a little bit for the listener? Yeah, sure. So I guess that would also go with my first two. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. Those are the ones that stood out to me quite a bit. And then as I continued praying it, um, the last line, that I am your beloved one, Jesus, I trust in you. So, um Yeah, I think for a long time, I definitely felt like I had to earn God's love. I definitely felt um, unlovable and not worthy of love. And so intentionally, like would push people away, including God, or not let him fully see me or fully know me um, and the things that were going on in my heart. And what really helped actually was um, knowing the the meaning of my name. And so my name, Kara, it actually means beloved one. And so um, I felt like that was like a really healing thing that instead, actually, like when when I'm praying to him and when we're in conversation, 
Um, I don't hear him say care anymore. He always says my beloved one to me. Mm, it's um, beautiful. Yeah. So like, you know, the, the gospel writer, John, he always calls himself the <laughs> I'm beloved I'm picturing one. you like flipping like, your hair, know, like, the little sassy I'm shoulders. actually the beloved <laughs> 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 um, Yeah. But that line definitely stood out because I just felt, especially the very first time I read through this, all of it really hit home. And then that last line was like tears because it was like God mm. was kind of just affirming a lot of the things he was trying to do in my heart. Yeah. So it was like he was talking to me. That's beautiful. Yeah. Hopefully this episode has been very helpful to um, to a lot of you. If you are looking for a good prayer or good reflection or meditation, please consider doing the Litany of Trust by the Sisters of Life. It is so beautiful. Um, and again, if you, um, we are trusting in God fully for this ministry. So if you feel called to, to Project Timothy, um, just trust and step out of the boat and apply. What's the worst that could happen? You could be hired, right? <laughs> um, or uh, if you feel called to donate, please email us and 